Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Don't be that one. In Mark 3, verse 13 to 19, we read, Jesus went up on a mountainside and called to him those he wanted, and they came to him. He appointed twelve that they might be with him and that he might send them out to preach and to have authority to drive out demons. These are the twelve he appointed. Simon, to whom he gave the name Peter, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John, to them he gave the name Boanerges, which means sons of thunder, Andrew, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Thaddeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him. The text is very informative. Jesus is building his ministry a ministry that consisted of miracles, teachings, traveling from one place to the next, fighting the establishment, reaching those who are lost, suffering, in need, oppressed. He is about his father's business. The ministry was his assignment, but he realized that as a son of man, he was going to need a team around him. Mark said that he publicly called out a group of 12 guys who he wanted to become his core group of volunteers. He knew who he wanted, and so once he called them out of the crowd and they came and stood beside him, he gave them the article of appointment and the terms of their membership on his team. A team always consists of a variety of persons. Very often we don't know the full nature of each person. We don't know what the future holds for the team. But here it was that Jesus assembled his team. And there were three things that were required of them as members of the team. One, they were to be with him. Jesus wanted a commitment from these 12 men that they were going to be with him. He did not set a time frame like what you are told when you get into a college program. Rather, they knew that this was their official first day on the team, but nothing was said of when the team would be dissolved. It's an interesting plan, but Jesus made it clear to them, I want you to be with me all the time. Number two, he was going to send them out to preach. Notice that Jesus did not ask them for evidence or reference that would indicate that they were capable of preaching. He did not give them an audition. He see, it seems that Jesus was telling these guys that when you accepted appointment to be on this team, your number one assignment is that you will preach. What would they preach? They will be required later on to preach the gospel that Jesus was going to live out in front of them. That was the gospel of God's love for humans and how that love offers eternal life. I'm sure those guys were hearing and recognizing that they had a lot to learn from Jesus. Number three, they would be given authority or power to drive out demons. Now that is huge. They had seen Jesus drive out some demons earlier on, but now they are hearing that Jesus was going to empower them to be able to drive out demons just like he had been doing in front of them. Then the writer lists the names of the 12 men who were called out to the, of the crowd. Look at the names of the team members and see how much of them you could speak about. Most of us know much about the first name, Simon Peter. I would rush to say that he became the most famous of these guys. Everybody knows of Simon Peter. But what about the last name? Was it deliberate that the last name was a guy named Judas Iscariot? The text tells us something about this last name, that he was the one who betrayed Jesus. Well, let us talk about Judas. 
We know about what he finally did to Jesus, that he betrayed him in such a way that led Jesus to be crucified. But for a moment, think about Judas at this point, the first day of becoming a member of the team. There was nothing about Judas that suggested that he was going to be a traitor to Jesus who called him to be a member of the team. Judas did not pretend as if he did not want to be on the team. In fact, just like the other 11 guys, Judas accepted the membership offered to him and he accepted the information about the assignments that they each were going to do as a result of being called out that day. Judas was one day going to preach and cast out demons. Jesus assembled a team of 12 members from different backgrounds, but he did not single out Judas as being an oddball. He did not warn the 12 that there was a Judas spirit among them. I want to suggest that Jesus was conscious of the reality that there could well be a bad egg in the group, but for now it was equal opportunity for each of them. For three and a half years, these 12 guys studied Jesus as they were being prepared for the big assignment to preach and to cast out demons, including Judas. And then it happened. As they drew to the end of Jesus' ministry, Judas emerged as one who was going to betray Jesus. It was subtle. It was clandestine. He was the guy in charge of money and he did it well, but something happened to Judas. In John 13 verse 27, it says that as soon as Judas took the bread from Jesus, Satan entered into him. My friend, it could have happened to any one of them, but it happened to Judas. Satan is always looking for a person to enter into, to use to do his dirty work. Satan watched and waited and boom, he found just the man he wanted. The rest is history. Judas, a man who was chosen by Jesus three and a half years before to be prepared to preach and to cast out demons, ended up being possessed by Satan, the head of the demon world, and Satan led Judas into the worst of sins, and it got even worse. Not only did he betray Jesus, but Judas ended up killing himself. What a horrible end for someone who Jesus had chosen to be with him and who had an opportunity to become a preacher of the gospel and to be one that would cast out demons. Instead, he was taken over by the demons. Don't be that one who is taken over by the devil, my friend. That is bound to end up bad. Stay focused on Jesus. On a daily basis, renew your commitment to Jesus and let the Holy Spirit guard you against the possibility of Satan entering into you. Don't be that one.